if you can imagine a time before Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I reckon some of you might even know that. But can you imagine a time before emails? Perhaps a time before even mobile phones and texting? We did, yeah, we've got some yeses. That's good. I don't feel too old. <laughs> and when it, somebody sent a letter, it took two weeks to actually get there by plane and then two weeks back for the reply. <laughs> it still does. <laughs> uh, and, and you have no TV and uh, you've got no news that you could watch on, you know, at the night time, at six o'clock or five o'clock when they have it. And you're living in another country and it's a totally different culture. It's totally different language and um, transportation is a dugout canoe up a fast-flowing river. And uh, I'd just like to welcome you to PNG in before the 80s. And that's how it was. And I, and I, and I still remember, <laughs> I can still remember the tune even, um, but sometimes the trucks would arrive once a fortnight with some supplies and they'd get to this village up the, up the river a bit in the Ramu and they would beat the drums and we would hear it up river and the, and the beat would go, boys and girls come, boys and girls come. <laughs> and, and then we'd get in the canoes, 65 foot long canoes and we would go down there and we would load drums of fuel into these canoes and then bring them up back up to our mission station you know it was so different in those times because you know just the language you know we're, we're speaking pidgin english so it wasn't my native language um communion was coconut milk and coconut meat and uh, and that was meaningful to them and uh, I guess you would have to um, forgive me for tearing up sometimes, but working in a, a village or jungle workshop on a Saturday afternoon and a scratchy old radio comes on with Radio Australia and you hear the tune, Walsing Matilda. And you'd have to, and, and you know, this the feelings that that whelms up. You think, I wonder what people are doing back home. I've lost touch with it. What would it be like to go to church and hear it in English? You know, I, I could, I could speak pidgin quite well, but it was something different just to hear it in your own language. And um, one of the things that I realised is that I belong somewhere else. Even though I was working in that country, even though I was doing those things, I belong somewhere else. And, and actually, I have something to prove it. I've still got it. My Australian passport. It has visas in there to say that I could be in Papua New Guinea and I could do the work. But one of the other things it said to me was that at any one time, I could just go and book a plane, book a seat... And I could just go back into Australia, no questions asked. Because, you see, I was a citizen of Australia. When I go to Australia, they say, hi, Murray, welcome back. Go wherever you want to go. It's okay. 
because I, w- I was a citizen and I could do that. Well, why am I telling you this? Well, if we look at um, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, it might come up there on the screen maybe. There we go. It says there in verse 20, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven. You belong somewhere else. You know, you have, you know the Lord, but you belong somewhere else. And we are eagerly await the Saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, Who by the power that enables him to bring all things under his control, so he... He has got all power. He's, he's proven that already. He's able to bring things under control. We'll transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Now, what was Jesus' body like after his resurrection? Well, the disciples were there, the doors were locked, and suddenly Jesus appeared in that room with them. Yet Jesus, you could, you could touch the nail scars in his hands. He, he could eat food. But he had this, this glorified body this, uh, of, that it was no longer bound by natural things, by the created, because he was from the spiritual. He was from the Godhead. He was the creator. And there's now new laws at play. Um, because it's this glorified body that he has and that we too will share in that. And if we just go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 and it reaffirms what I've just said. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. You're part of something much bigger. You're part of God's household. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets uh, that have gone before you, who have laid down this foundation. And it says, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Now, cornerstone is very important because when you're building, that's where you measure from everything. Every direction, every height, it comes from that corner so everything works out square and proper. And so Jesus is the one that we always look back to as to how is it? What has God done? What's the, um, the ethics involved? Um, and it says, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So he's saying that you are part of this spiritual temple that he is building and you are part of it. He is pleased to have you there. You know, God is God who is so righteous and proper. You think, how could his spirit live in me? That's not me. I've failed or whatever. But he says, no, because of Jesus, I am happy to put my spirit in you. I am happy, I'm not embarrassed about you because Jesus' spirit is in you. And he says, now you're part of this dwelling place for my spirit. And he's preparing us for what will come in heaven. 
that we are part of that. And I just want to just jump a little bit further forward in Ephesians chapter 3 in verse 10. He has a purpose for you. And it says in verse 10, his intent was that now through the church, that's us, we're the church, that's the group, and we're not talking about just a denomination, we're talking about fellow believers, okay? The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to where? Rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. God is showing us off. He's showing off his creation. He's showing off what he's done through Jesus, what he's established, and he's showing us to the heavenly realms. He's not talking about, I want to just go and show you to the Prime Minister. He says, I want to show you off. I want to show you off to the, the forces of evil, what I can do in a, with a soul. And it says, in him um, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. He's saying, God is saying to you, you can come and see me anytime you like. You can come up to my throne. You can ask me a question. You can talk to me. Because that's the relationship that God is wanting with the people who he created, you. He's put a lot of rubbish out of the way to make things better for us. Thanks for that, for that scripture. And I just want to say to you that that heaven is not some mystical place. It is not it is real. But I do believe that heaven is in a transition. There's a lot going on. Heaven is a busy place. There is there are battles to be fought. There are spiritual battles going on against evil forces because because what he, what what's going on is that if the devil can take somebody out before they can say i love jesus or I accept jesus while we have breath then he has an opportunity to take that person away from being with god that's why it's so important that's why the devil loves wars and famines in this country because people end up dying before they have an opportunity to hear about jesus before we have an opportunity to say to somebody have you heard about jesus they haven't had a time to put things right while they had breath and it, and it's so important and there's battles and it and it tells us in scripture that sometimes your prayers have been delayed because there's battles going on between the heavenly realms and Jesus's armies you know when i look at revelation i see history already written i see that it's prophetic history and it's already written you know the thing i love about revelation is you don't have to understand about when things are going to happen or how they're going to happen or whatever i found out that when you read the book you find out that jesus won and if you're with him you win too it's as simple as that And he is set out, he's saying, in Revelation, he's saying, I'm not surprised. I have a plan. I know 
don't be fearful because I've got it all worked out. I've got a plan. And it tells me, and I I want to talk about some of the things that are in heaven. One of the things it says is that there is a mighty army there dressed in fine linen that are on your side fighting battles for you. You know, I, I, I spoke this morning in the prayer room there just um, when John was in heaven being guided around, he, he wanted, when he saw the awe of it, he wanted to bow down and worship the angels. And the angel said, no, 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 don't worship me. He said, I'm just a fellow worker with you. So you, you don't think you're alone on this planet. You have myriads of angels who are working with you and are trying to pull this thing together. In Revelation um, 20, you don't have to turn there, but in Revelation 20, it's a a time when um, there is a calling of all... This is where the transition is starting to, to come to a head. There's a calling of all the souls before God. There's a time when the souls are called from the depths of the ocean. Death and Hades have to give up their, their dead. So that, because you know why? Because God wants to give every soul an opportunity to stand before him and explain. And for those who know Jesus, who have, with the breath in their soul, have said, I love Jesus. I accept him as my Lord and Saviour. He says, I know you because I know my son. You come, you come. And that, that's his opportunity. So that, um, so that there's, there is not anybody left behind that hasn't had an opportunity. In Revelation 21, and this would have to be my... Um, my favourite verse, favourite part of the Bible. 21, verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. So there's, there's something, isn't it? God's not just going to fix up what we have here. He says, I'm going to renew it. I'm going to create it better than I created this in the first earth. He's experienced, you know. God's experienced. He's done this before. And I've, I've learned when I've done something, I've known how to do it better the second time. And I think it's going to be great. But there it says there's not going to be any more sea. So there's no more ocean walks. I saw a holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will live with them and be their God. He says, no more separation, no more heaven over here, and no more earth over there. He says, I'm bringing the two together and I have prepared the new Jerusalem to come down as a, as a jewel, as it were, 
to be central to the new creation, which is the new earth. And he's even said, I'm going to have a new heaven. It's not a reno. It's a new creation. Because he wants it together. And he wants that assurance. And it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. I am making everything new. That's pretty reassuring, isn't it? You see, it also says in Scripture there that there will be no more sun nor moon. We don't need it. We've got the glory of God. He will light it. And as I read this, um, what's not in heaven? Well, I'm telling you, there's nothing impure in heaven. There's no locks. So if you're a locksmith, I'm sorry, you're out of job. It talks about the New Jerusalem having 12, 12 gates and they'll never be locked. And you have access. So there are, and it talks about there are kingdoms there. There are nations and there's, there's kings. And it says they will bring things into the new Jerusalem and the gates will be open and you have free access to it. And the amazing thing is that, um, you know, heaven can be measured, the, the, the new, new Jerusalem. Do you know it's 2,200 kilometres one way, 2,200 kilometres another way? Did I mention how high it was? 2,200 kilometres. That is just the temple. That's the city. So I think if you're going shopping, I would allow a few days to, to get to the shops. Okay. But what is not, there are no hospitals in heaven. There are no cancer wards. There is, there is no ambulances or police. There's no tax collectors. I guess some politicians will get there, but... Um, <laughs> but there, are, there is no hunger, there is no thirst. There is no um, shelters for the homeless because in John 14.2 it tells us there is a place for us to live. He, he has provided for us. There is no room for changing morals or ethics because God is the same today as he was yesterday and in the future. And do you know what? He has created you to be part of that. He says, I want you there. I love my creation. I love you. I love, I put all my love into you when I created you. And I don't want anybody to miss out. In Hebrews 12, 22, it says, it's a city of worship where thousands upon thousands of joyful angels are worshipping God. In Revelation 7, it says, all nations and tribes and languages will be there. Nobody's excluded on race or anything else. God has included them. And I can tell you what the atmosphere is. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, because that is the nature of God. And the nature of God has been teaching you that while you're here on earth. He says, what is my nature? This is what I want, because I'm preparing you for when you're in heaven, because it, this is my culture, this is who I am, and you'll understand me, and you'll know me, because you are already in me. 
the spirit of, of Jesus. It says there in Revelation 11, there's the ark is there, there's lightning, there's thunder, there's earthquakes, there's hail, there's rain. All the things that we already know about. God has created it once again in a beautiful way. He talks about the New Jerusalem, which is the city of Zion, the, the golden walls. And you think, oh, is that too hard for God? You know? Um, but there's no impurities in gold. And he talks about fine crystals and I think and the and the gates that are made from a single pearl. You want to just bring that picture up. And and I often thought, oh, can that be really true? I don't know if you can will it come up, hopefully. I think, can that really be true? Ah, it's there. This is in a cave in Mexico. That's a man standing right in the middle of the crystals. You know? If if God can do that in this world. Is he restrained at all in the things he wants to do? Isn't that amazing? Thanks for that. Mm. Nothing is too hard for God. And he says there that there are trees and rivers and the river flows from the throne of God. And he said then there's those trees that line those, those and there's a tree of life. Um, and you don't even have to cross the river because they've got a tree at the side. And the leaves are there for the healing of the nations. So there is no more sickness and pain. You see, God has thought of everything. You know, I see that there are multitudes of people right now, souls, marching for Zion. And I want to say to you, now is not the time to shrink back. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not time to lose hope or faith because God is about to do it and you're part of it. Don't lose that opportunity. And you know what, what God says? He says, you are worth fighting for. He is fighting for our souls and other souls. He doesn't want anybody lost. And it's time critical for him. And this morning, we're just going to, I'm just going to ask you to stand. And um, we're just going to play a music video at the, at the end here. And you're welcome to sing along with it. You're welcome to just close your eyes. You're welcome to actually praise God through it. But I want you to consider the words and just say, where do I fit in that? And afterwards, I'm going to give an opportunity just to, if you're not sure whether you're acceptable to God, if you think, God couldn't take me, he doesn't, you, you don't know what I've been through in my life. How could God possibly take me? And I want, and, and I'd ask if you'd be brave enough to come and we would pray with you so that we would get that out of your life and that, that let the, the Lord Jesus Christ just flood you with reassurance of who you are in him. Thank you.